Hi, everyone. My name's Thayer. And I'm Camille. Welcome back to our second episode of West Side Story Investigates. Uh, last episode, we dove into the local urban legend of the Black Angel. Uh, we sorted through what's true, what's myth, and what might be a little bit of both. Unfortunately for us, there aren't really any legends in Iowa that can beat the Black Angel. We kind of started with our best act, didn't we? Yeah, I guess we kind of did. Um, that didn't stop us from looking for a story just as interesting as it. Uh, in fact, we ended up finding one in the small town of Osterdock, Iowa. Uh, we thought after covering the depressing Black Angel story, we'd try to keep it light for the second episode. Uh, so without further ado, here's the story of how William Smith, one of the original leaders of Mormonism, was kicked out of his church, uh, forgotten by his family, and died in a small Iowan town of 80 people. So William Smith was born in Royalton, Vermont in the spring of 1811 into a family of 10 other siblings. They suffered very serious financial problems, and because of this, they had to move several times throughout New England. Other than that, not much is known about William's childhood. But around the time William was a teenager, his older brother, Joseph Smith, told him he had found golden plates in the hill of Kamara in Manchester, New York. Um, Joseph Smith never actually let William see the plates, uh, but he allowed him to reach into a sack so he could feel them. Um, soon after this experience, uh, William was baptized into his brother's newly made Church of Latter-day Saints in the summer of 1830. William made himself a valuable member of the church and was soon made a part of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles on the insistence of his brother, the founder of the Mormon Church. Many of the leaders were actually against William's promotion to such a high position and is issued a joint statement saying, um, and I quote, that William's promotion was contrary to our feelings and judgment and to our deep mortification. This marked the beginning of a divide between William and his brother that would only grow larger over the coming years. During this time, he also became the editor of a pro-Mormon newspaper in Illinois called The Wasp. A few years later, he became the patriarch over the church, which is actually the second highest office in the church. Um, as we already said, much of the church leadership believed he was unfit to be an apostle um, and much less a patriarch. Uh, so some petty fights broke out over what his title actually was, with some calling him patriarch to the church instead of over it. Um, only six months after becoming a patriarch, patriarch, the apostles that voted him out of both the office of patriarch and also his apostleship. William, who was outraged, sent a statement to a local newspaper accusing members of the church of keeping multiple spiritual wives, whatever that means. Because of this, he was completely excommunicated from the church. Um, yeah, after being kicked out of the Mormon church, uh, he tried to make his own church, but um, failed pretty miserably. Um, and then uh, more than 30 years later, he joined the reorganized Church of Latter-day Saints, which was made by his nephew. Um, I believe his name was Joseph Smith III. Um, he thought he had the right to be part of the 12 apostles of this church, um, but his nephew didn't agree. So William would remain just a priest of the church for the rest of his life. Um, he died in the fall of 1893 in Osterdock, Iowa, where he had been preaching for several years. Yeah, and he lived to be about 80 years old, which back in the 1800s is, you think about it, a pretty long time to be alive. Oh yeah, definitely, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, were, you were lucky to get, I don't know, past 20. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But, <laughs> so there are actually quite a few, um, I don't know, um, controversies or speculation um, surrounding this, um, this story. So it's believed that 
well, it's known that William physically fought with his brother Joseph um, quite a bit. Um, and it's believed that the injuries that Joseph sustained from one of their fights eventually led to his death years later. So just an interesting fact there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of his brother's death, William believed that one of the apostles had his older brother poisoned so that he wouldn't become president of the church. Either so there's a lot of different, I think, conspiracies about how they actually died because there's a lot of different things I think could have contributed to that. Yeah, there's very, there's a lot of scandal surrounding it. Um, also, um, as we mentioned, there was a, a divide between William and his brother, uh, the founder of the Mormon church, Joseph. And this grew over the years with him being excommunicated from the church, um, his brother's church, and um, just growing, you know, a, a, like a rift growing between the two and his family. So William eventually, um, well, William eventually uh, died in Osterdock, Iowa, um, where he's buried, while the rest of his family is actually buried hundreds of miles away um, in Nauvoo, Illinois. So, yeah, um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of family issues with him. Um, but like where he is buried right now in Osterdock, Iowa, the locals. Just like what they think about him, they think he was very secluded and bitter, which I mean, if so many people that like if all the apostles said all those things to him that he didn't deserve, I mean, I think he kind of had a right to be a little bit bitter, but still um, definitely some funny stories from locals, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so little known fact about him, he was actually part of the Illinois House Representatives. Um, and it's, he was able to get um, the votes because he was part of the Mormon church and quite a few Mormons had, you know, immigrated to uh, Illinois. So he was able to um, get enough votes to become part of the House of Representatives there. Yeah. Um... Another funny thing about his resting place in Osterdock, Iowa, is that the only thing he has at a grave is about a $5 plaque that just says his name, um, which I think is another representation of his conflict with his family and the people around him. I think that maybe if like going back to what the like the local stories, I think maybe if he was nicer to the people in Osterdock when he lived there, maybe he would get a little bit more than a $5 plaque, but I don't, I don't really know. I obviously, we don't really, we never met him. So don't yeah. really know what his personality was actually like. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of West Side Story Investigates. I'm Camille Gretter. And I'm Thayer Bahishla. And this is us signing off. See you next time.